Hariyam, Sri Guru Bhyanamaha. The Happiness Equation. Buddha Guru Dev gave us an excellent equation to figure out how happy we are. He would say the number of desires fulfilled over the number of total desires that we have equals how happy we are. To put it extremely simply, if I have a total of four desires and two are fulfilled, I'm halfway in my happiness. But if I have a total of four desires and four are fulfilled, I'm completely happy. So what would be our total number of desires? We might say, oh, not that much. I just want to be healthy and peaceful and the family should all be okay. But then the Wi-Fi goes out and we get very irritated. Wait, wait, why are you irritated? You just wanted to be healthy and peaceful and nothing else. We don't realize how many desires we have. If our flight is delayed by eight hours, if our cappuccino is mixed up and we end up with a soy milk one without sugar, if we plan a picnic and it starts raining, we have so many desires and we're not even aware of them all. And as the day unfolds and life itself unfolds, we see that we have even more desires than we initially thought. And that's just all the desires coming up in this lifetime. That denominator is looking like a pretty big number. And how many of those desires get fulfilled? And fulfilled in the way that we want it. Because if we go back to the soy cappuccino, we think, oh, I need a coffee. And we get the coffee, but it's not quite what we wanted. I need to get married. I need a new job. I need to go out and relax. But how many of those things can we tick off the way we wanted them? The numerator of this equation is not as high as the denominator. And so we only a fraction of our happiness, not completely happy. We only a fraction happy, not completely. And that just won't do. So what's the solution? In Bajagavindam, in verse number 18, Adi Shankaracharya gives us the perfect solution. Kasya Sukamna Karoti Vairagya. He first describes this renunciate, Sudamandira Tarumula Nivasa, who is sleeping outside in the temple courtyard or under a tree. He's got not many clothes, just very basic ones, and no possessions whatsoever. And he has no thirst to enjoy anything. He is completely dispassionate. And the last line is, for one who is dispassionate, there will be only happiness. He phrases it in a rhetorical question. How can there be anything other than happiness when one has dispassion? In dispassion, we're making the denominator lower. And if we're completely dispassionate, then the denominator becomes zero. And Gurudev Swami Chinmayananda used to explain that this is the spiritual journey. When the denominator becomes zero, the answer to the equation is always infinite. We feel that by fulfilling all of the desires is how we're going to get happiness, but actually in truth, 
by removing the desire is how we get to happiness. This is why vairagya or dispassion is such an ideal state. When we have no desires, then we don't have so many moods in our minds. When desires are there, we feel like doing something and we don't feel like doing something else or something happens and it upsets us because we thought we would have gotten it but now we haven't gotten it or we almost got it but now it doesn't look like we're going to get it and so there's so many fluctuations in our mind. But with dispassion, the mind's freed from all of that. When there's no desire, we'll also just always do the right thing. We're only tempted to do the wrong thing because desire pulls us in that direction. For fear of not getting it, we'll do whatever it takes to get whatever it is we are desiring. When we free of desire, we are completely free. I remember when I was traveling with our Puja Guruji, Swami Tejamayananda. I had met him first in Melbourne, Australia, and at that time, he was eating every dessert under the sun. In fact, he would look forward to that part of the meal, and I actually watched him licking his fingers after he had finished the dessert, and it was so much joy to watch him enjoying the food. Six months after, when I met him, he had given up sugar. He refused to even touch it. And everyone was so disappointed. And they hadn't yet settled into this routine of not giving him sugar. They were so used to feeding it. So people would come with all these mithais and all these desserts. And they would present it to Guruji with so much joy and he wouldn't touch it. And I would sit there and I would watch. And I was amazed that six months ago he was licking his fingers. And now he barely even looks at it. It's, it's gone. It's totally out of his life. And once I was sitting with him and there was just one other person around, somebody he had known for many, many years and felt fairly close to, and she was saying, you know, it's good, Guruji, you have to look after your health. It's good you've given up the sugar. And he leaned forward and he said to her, people don't really understand. It's not just the health. And then what he said really struck me. He said, the joy of giving up is greater than the joy of getting. If we really understand this, if we experiment with it, by giving up something, we've done it forever and it lasts forever. But if we enjoy something, it can only last for a very short time. Think about it. For more in-depth talks from Swamini Supriyananda and other excellent teachers of the Chinmaya mission, you can subscribe to chinmayaclicks.com. You can also visit the Chinmaya channel on YouTube for bite-sized inspiration and discourses on in-depth Vedantic texts. To know about local classes, activities, and upcoming retreats, visit www.chinmayamission.com and see you on the next podcast.